thanks for having us. Um, it's been quite a good three years. As Drew mentioned, uh, there's a lot behind the story. But I even remember uh, I was about to literally, I was out of seminary. I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an international, so I was on a, on a permit, and it was about to expire. And then through a, a common friend, I was like, okay, this is my last shot. If God really has called us, you know, I was about to get engaged to Andrea at that point. And if he has really called us to plant in the city, you got to do something. If not, I got to go back to Peru. And, that, and I knew our heart was in the city. And then, you know, I met Drew and I was like, hey, Drew, I have this dream about a church plant in the city. And he's like, sure, man, we'll take you in. <laughs> sure, man, come on. Um, we'll take you in and we'll pay for everything. It's fine. And, um, you know, Drew style. And uh, he just, a uh, very humble man of God, and took us in. And here we are three years later uh, on the pre-launch phase, about to launch this fall, Lord's willing. And we're just so thankful. I know some of you might be new. Some of you probably were here three years ago, or maybe not, but uh, uh, here we are about to, to plant a church in God's vision mm -hmm. that God has for us. So I'm just so thankful for, uh, for the church, for the family that you guys mean to us. Um, even if you're new, you're, you're part of the family, and we're just thankful that mm -hmm. you took a scene and now sending us out, and that, that means a lot to us. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, well, let's just... Just pray, God, I just pray that you'll speak to us through what you have for us. Uh, may you speak to our hearts, and may we not leave this place the same way we've come. In Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're going to talk about God-given vision, and I think like one of the reasons why we are so passionate about this and why we decided to share about it is because in this last season, um, we really have needed it so much. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that of like, just willing to continue to press in and, and see what God has for us in this season, like so difficult for so many of us. For those that are internationals, far from home and far from family and people that we truly love, that we can engage as it used to be before COVID, right? So, but what I, we love about this passage is that we see how God, you know, sometimes when we think about, okay, the presence of God or God giving us a vision, God speaking to us, like sometimes we think about, okay, I have to go to a retreat and it have to be, you know, in a weekend away, next to nature. And, you know, we picture this ideal situation where we want God to speak to us. But then in this passage that Elizabeth, thank you for reading the long passage, um, <laughs> that she just read, we see how they are in the middle of a war. And it's in that exact moment that God reveals his vision. So if we go to the next one. Okay. Oh, no, I think it's the other way. Uh, I'm not sure how this works. <laughs> Oh wait. Press the button. Oh, it's here. No. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Otra Sorry, guys. Some technicality. Um, the one after it got given. Yeah. Maybe you wanna refresh it. Is it that one? Yeah. One more. Okay, yeah, that part. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Dylan. Sorry, guys, this is my zone look at like our slides, but you know. Communicate. It's, it's, yeah, it's the verse. 
Yeah, so what is happening right now, I just want to read again this verse. Um, when the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. So I want us to picture this situation. Like, it's not only like, you know, we're experiencing covenant, like, but there's our army surrounding them, right? And it says, and the servant said, Alice, my master, what should we do? I mean, who have asked that question during this season? I feel like so many of us have been like, oh, what, what am I going to do in this situation? And so the response of Elisha, which is so incredible, is do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So, you know, I'm thinking about this passage and I'm reading it and I'm like, yeah, we might not be surrounded by this army, but sometimes even our own negative thoughts can be that army against us. Even our job situation, like when you're struggling your job, trying to work from home with your kids, with all these things that are so hard, like can become that army against us. And you know, there are so many different situations, like a family that is sick, so many things that we experience, and we find ourselves in this position where we feel insecure, where we feel fear, where we feel all these things. And even though we know that this is not God's character, we can't really help it, right? And we, we have that feeling. And in our, our own personal story, um, we were just chatting with someone from our denomination a few weeks ago, and she was saying, you know, Andrea, like, for any psychologist or counselor point of view, you guys are in the most, like, stressful season of your life. Like, you guys just had a baby. Our tiny little human is six months old. <laughs> so he is a cowboy baby, and, you know, we were planting a church. We're also starting a business um, to support our family financially because, you know, church planting sometimes is hard. So we're doing that on the side, which it's so much, you know, like, there's these um, imports that we have to do in the middle of COVID. It's just so hard. So many things that we experience, right? And then you add to this um, the reality that we are all experiencing with COVID. And so we find ourselves, of course, you know, being, you know, asking this question, like, God, like, how, 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 what should we do? Like, how can we confront this situation? And one of the things that I love is that, you know, um, the response of Elijah. I don't know if you can go to the next. Yeah. And this is the response of Elisha, right? So these, I, I want us to be, um, to pay attention to this. The situation hasn't changed. So, you know, you, we heard Elizabeth and she was saying how after that everything was kind of solved and everything was great. But at this moment, when Elisha says this, he's just sharing it by faith. Like nothing has changed. Like the army is still around us. It's still around, you know, Elisha. And this is what he says. Then Elisha prayed and said, Oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And you know what I love about this is that when we face these situations, like we have faced them ourselves, like sometimes we experience fear, we experience all these things, like we need to be real, right? We, we're going we're gonna to feel those things, but what, I, what we love about this story is how do we respond about it? So we have two, two, two different outcomes, right? We can, you know, get our, you know, Excel sheet if we worry about finances and try to figure out things. Or if it's, you know, like a job situation, we can be like, okay, I'm just going to be a perfectionist and make it happen and I'm going to do it. And we can just put so much on our shoulders and so much on our own strength and so much on us that we forget the God that we serve, right? Mm -hmm. So this story for us in our marriage, in our family, in our ministry is just a sweet reminder that 
in the middle of that situation, we're able to just shout out and be like, God, like help us, help us to see what we cannot see with our physical eyes. Mm-hmm. And we don't wait until everything is fixed, right? But we do it right at that exact moment. And honestly, like God does respond to these prayers. Like I had a few months, we have that chance and the opportunity to do several events at our community outdoors, of course. And they always say like, hey, like you make it look so easy being a mom and doing all these things. And you know, like it seems like everything is fine. And I'm like, no, it's actually not like, trust me, like I wake up and I have all these insecurities and I'm like, hey, am I gonna be able to make it? Like Leo woke up at five in the morning, like so many things. and. The reason is that I don't take any credit for that, guys. I cannot say, like, it's my strength. I'm just so, you know, like, smart. Or I, I can do so many things. Like, it's totally God. Like, every day I need to be reminded of these truths for myself, for our marriage, for our family, for our ministry. Like, I cannot do it on my own. And if God doesn't show up and God doesn't deliver his strength and his vision, then there is no way that I'm able to continue the work that he has calling us and the vision that he has given us for the city because being far from home it's already hard so we need that vision to hold on to continue the work that he has given us yes <laughs> <laughs> that's what you have to do you got it <laughs> amen <laughs> well i don't know if i need to keep saying anything <laughs> i think she already mentioned um, that there is a lot there um, for us, um, but um, I just wanted to share like just a little uh, another story in the New Testament, which you'll find very similar to the one she just shared. And um, if you go to the next slide, you'll see it right there. It's on Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. And I, I just want you to pay close attention to to the pattern and the similarities that you might see here and what happened with Elisha and the young servant. Mm -hmm. And um, it says, And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So so, uh, here you you definitely can see a pattern. Uh, For example, on Elijah's story, you see that Elijah had faith, right? that the young man could see the vision. So he prayed to God. He had a conversation, an interaction with God. And then the young servant got the vision that Elijah, Elijah was not worried. He already knew that God's goddess. There was an army and chariots of fire around us. But on the other, on the other hand, you have the young servant who was afraid. But then 
the, the master, Elisha, prayed and he got sight. So similarly here, if you go to the next slide. Thanks, Dylan. If there's a next slide. It's fine. Okay, it's coming. All right. Um, all right. So anyhow, um, so here we're going to see like a pattern of, of a um, faith, right? There is faith that comes. So I want you to picture, even if you don't see it yet, maybe it'll come up. But I want you to picture it. Um, there is faith, right? And now that faith, which um, the blind beggar had, led him to an interaction, right? But that faith didn't come with, it wasn't easy. There were people that were telling him not, not to, to shut up, right? But then through faith, now what faith means? Faith means, Hebrew 11 tells us that it means the assurance of what cannot be seen. Now this man cannot see physically speaking. Bartimaeus can't see, but he has the ability to see that which, that which he cannot see. So he can see better than the crowd. He can see better like those that see with physical eyes. Elisha could see better than the young servant because he saw with the eyes of God, with the vision of God. And then the vision of God was given. But faith led to interaction, right? It led to interaction. And that interaction, right? So faith leads to interaction. It's an interaction with God, right? In the case of Elisha, there was a prayer that was mentioned for the young man. In the case of the beggar, he actually was trying to have a conversation with Jesus. He wanted to talk to him and tell him about it. But he knew that he, that he had the capacity to heal him. And then what happens? There is an interaction, right? And that interaction gives him back the vision. Now he has vision. Now he can see. And now he has the ability to go and do his own thing. You know, there were other, uh, uh, you know, people that were healed. Even uh, there were uh, people that, that, um, that were lepers, and nine of them left, and one of them came back, right? So, so, you know, God has that mercy. He heals. He does His thing. And then you have the ability to be like, peace out, God. I'm going to do my own thing. Or come to Him and follow Him. But what is striking about this passage is that it says, immediately He recovered His sight and followed Him on the way. So I, I want you to picture this. It's not about so much the vision, but what the vision brings you back to interaction. But so you have faith, you have interaction, then you have vision, and then you go back to intimacy. It's like the interaction, like the conversation, but on a deeper level, right? Once you capture the vision, then you, that vision is going to take you back to intimacy, which simply means a relationship with God, you know? Oh, there you go. All right, we got a visual. Awesome. Come on, Dylan. You can see. You can see it now. You can see it. Exactly, right? You got the vision now. So, <laughs> yeah, you see God's doing something here. <laughs> there is a whole thing happening. Okay. Um, but um, anyhow, um, so, all right. So, now, this is a cool part. I want you to just check this out. And this is really important. This is kind of mind-blowing when God gave us this, is that um, in, in the young servant, right, in Elijah's story, 
it was about what he could see. But in the beggar story, it was about what he was hearing and listening. While on the, on the young servant, on, El, on Elisha's story, it was about what he could see. On one side, you know, logically speaking, they were doomed. They were going to be killed. Mm -hmm. That's it. And maybe in your circumstance, it seems like it is a hopeless situation and circumstance. Logically speaking, mm -hmm. there is no hope. Even with your physical eyes, come on. You can just do the math. I'm not going to be able to pay this. You can, you can just see the, the sickness. That person's going to die. You can just see the situation in our world with injustices. Injustices are going to happen. It's going to be all doomed. Yeah. You know? You can see the hate. You can see, you know, the developing countries, all these problems. That's it. There's hope. This hopelessness, right? You can just go that rabbit hole, right? Or also, on the other side, what that causes. What that you've seen with that logic, it causes what? Fear. Even the passage that Andrea was reading, it says that he was afraid. And we are fearful. We are afraid that injustices might be perpetrated against us. We're afraid that we might not make it for tomorrow or that a family member might die or that something might happen to us if we don't get this promotion, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever. It's just fear. Mm -hmm. But then you're looking like the young servant with your physical eyes. And now on the beggar side, you have someone, people that was telling him that he was not worth it. Guess what? What people believed at the time, it was the people that was blind, was they, oh, they, they deserve that. Because they're either sinned or they're parents. And you can see even the disciples saying that on another occasion. You know, so it's like, it's like he was worthless. Oh, he deserved that. Why is he trying to get Jesus' mercy? He deserves being blind. Shut up, you beggar. Like, you deserve being blind. You did something wrong in your life. Right? And then there is what? Shame. Mm. There is shame on the beggar, but the beggar had faith. And he knew that Jesus could heal him. And because of that, he did not allow the voices around him to put him down. But he cried out the louder so that Jesus could hear him and he can talk to him. You see? And then... He did not allow what he could hear to, to lead him. Mm -hmm. And now, another one, which I found out this morning, God, it's funny. We sometimes are the crowd. Mm -hmm. We are the crowd. We, actually, I was the crowd last night with my wife. I was so prideful. <laughs> I tell her, you know what, like, you're not right about this. Like, we got into a fight at night about the preaching, that we were preaching about this. And, and then I was like, I was like, I'm the worst of the whole, the, all the characters. I'm the crowd. I'm not even like the beggar, you know? I'm like the, the, the you know, and what, what, what was the problem with the crowd? They were prideful. I was prideful with her. I was like, yeah, no, like, you didn't do your part. Like, I, I don't have to accept anything. Like, you know, it is pride because they feel they are better than the beggar. Yeah. And they're pu putting him down, right? And then I wonder in our lives how much, how many times pride have not allowed us to even hear and see what God has for us. Mm -hmm. And to the point that we put people down, mm -hmm. like the beggar and those in the margins and those that are around us. Yeah. And sometimes we are that. Pride blinds us from having an interaction with Jesus. That crowd thought they were interacting with Jesus, but guess what? Who had the most interaction with him? Mm -hmm. The blind beggar mm -hmm. who received sight and followed him. Mm -hmm. And then finally, you have Elijah. And some of you, I believe, are like Elisha right now. You have the vision of God. Mm -hmm. And you know, and you know the vision of God. 
And now God is telling you, who's a young servant that you need to intercede so that they can get the vision of God? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, or, or maybe you're already doing that, and that's amazing, but maybe you're like Elijah, and you're like wondering, okay, God, who am I supposed to intercede for? Not only in prayer, because the young servant followed Elijah all over the place, and they lived together. It was like, you know, he was discipling, right? And then the master was discipling uh, Elijah, but then Jesus was discipling. And at the end of the day, like Andrea said, it's not about our strength. It's about God's strength. Mm -hmm. And it's about what Jesus did on the cross so that we don't have to do it because he died for us. It's all about the gospel at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And if we accept it in humility, then it's not about me, but it's about God and giving us that vision.